Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Today's episode features an excerpt of a recent BlackBod webinar, Transparency as a Grant-Making Strategy to Build Trust and Mutual Accountability. Listen in to hear Shadi Salehi, Executive Director of the Trust-Based Philanthropy Project, Lisa Maloney-Vins, Director of Global Community Relations at the Ecolab Foundation, Drexel Owusu, Chief Impact Officer at the Dallas Foundation, and Lauren Scott, Executive Director of the Harris and Eliza Kempner Fund, talk about why it's important for funders to lead with transparency. Click on the link in the show notes to access the full webinar and learn more about how they are putting trust-based strategies into practice in their organizations. Enjoy the episode. Good day, everyone. Um, My name is Shadi Salehi. I'm the executive director of the Trust-Based Philanthropy Project and delighted to be moderating today's conversation. Um, We'll be joined by three leaders in philanthropy representing different sectors. As David mentioned, we've got Lauren Scott, who's the executive director of the Harris and Eliza Kempner Fund in Galveston, Texas, uh, representing a family foundation. We've got Drexel Owusu, who is chief impact officer at the Dallas Foundation, representing a community foundation perspective. And we've got Lisa Maloney-Vins, who's director of global community relations at Ecolab Foundation, representing a corporate philanthropy perspective. So we are delighted to have all these speakers with us today really sharing about this topic of transparency. So before we get into the panel discussion, I wanted to offer a little bit of context on why we're even here talking about transparency. In philanthropy, there is this inherent power imbalance that exists between grant makers and grant seekers. So when you look at that relationship, you've got people who make decisions about money, where it goes, who receives it, who accesses it, who hold the power in making those decisions, and those leaders on the ground who need that money in order to do their mission-critical work in their communities. So inherently, in that relationship, there is a power imbalance. And a lot of our traditional philanthropic practices have actually made barriers and uh, have created these walls between funders and grant seekers that make it really challenging to actually develop real productive relationships and build relationships that are rooted in trust. So one of the things that really can help alleviate some of that power imbalance. We don't ever take it away because it's inherently there, but we can alleviate that by acknowledging as funders that we hold quite a bit of power and there's a lot of power and potential in being transparent and open and and sharing some of that power in order to build more productive relationships with grantee partners, in order to gain more transparency from our partners and actually build real honest relationships where we as funders can really understand what's happening on the ground um, and also be better partners to those organizations on the ground, which ultimately allows funders and foundations to be more strategic in their work because we get to have this work in partnership with these organizations rather than one where there's a compliance and control um, approach. So trust-based philanthropy is, is one approach that's part of kind of a growing paradigm shift that's happening in our sector where we're really re-examining the the harms and the challenges of those power imbalances and working intentionally to advance more equitable relationships and communities and with grantee partners. So transparency is one key way that funders can model and signal that we genuinely want to partner with organizations on the ground. 
And traditionally, many foundations are kind of perceived as these opaque black boxes that are really challenging for organizations, especially smaller organizations or people of color-led organizations that typically have not had a lot of access to philanthropy. So what we're talking about here is taking an intentional stance in being open and communicating your your grant-making guidelines, your decision-making processes, um, you know, and being very clear about ways that you make those decisions and what kind of organizations you are able to fund so that you can one just signal honestly and transparently what you know what your what your organization is about and its support uh, but also to really kind of make it less you know reduce the number of influx of inquiries that you might get that might not be a fit so there's definitely uh, a mutually beneficial approach when when funders signal transparency so when we're talking about transparency, this is the definition that we're gonna be leaning on. Transparency is the state of being open, honest, and accessible to those you intend to collaborate with. So in a grant-making context, this means being intentional and proactive in communicating with grantees about any decisions, criteria, or changes that will affect their work and or their ability to access funding. It also means being clear about your grant-making criteria and making sure you're doing what you can to be accessible to prospective grantees that may not be aware of how to access your support. So these are really just kind of fundamentals of building a trusting relationship. When you think about your own relationships and those you have been able to trust the most, transparency is probably one of the qualities that allows for that trust to be built. And so when we're working in, in partnership with communities, with organizational leaders, as we collectively invest resources and time toward addressing social problems, transparency can go a long way in helping just really inform the strategies and the, the decisions that we make as funders. And you'll hear examples of that from our speakers today. There's many, many ways to embrace transparency. Some of these are you know, just ways that you can really just communicate proactively about what you do and don't fund. Some of it is as simple as making contact information public or offering ways for prospective grantees to reach you or reach someone within your organization. So some of these are really just kind of baseline uh, examples of being transparent. But then there's other things that show up in this ethos as we build relationships with organizations. Really being intentional about not leading any prospective grantees on if they're ineligible for funding. My background, I've been in the nonprofit sector for 20 years. I found myself in an executive director role pretty early on in my career. And this is one of those things that I think we're not always aware of as funders, but every interaction that a grantee has with a prospective funder is there's always that hope that it's gonna translate to funding. Because organizations, many organizations rely on those kinds of contributions in order to do their work. So every interaction with a funder is one wherein grantees are, or prospective grantees are, are wondering so let's not keep them guessing if they're ineligible for funding. Let's be intentional about not leading them on. You know, as a former grant seeker, I would have, you know, conversations with funders for months, maybe even years, not knowing whether or not I was eligible for funding or not. And in some cases, maybe it did translate to funding. In some cases, it did not. So the worst thing you can do, you know, it's hard to say no, but it's actually even worse when you kind of drag on an extended um, declination and, and not be clear about it. So there's some really like clear and concrete ways that you can embrace transparency 
And saying no quickly and kindly is actually much better than saying no in a very delayed way. So that's a really another important way to embrace transparency. Similarly, keeping partners informed of any decisions that will affect their funding. You know, grant-making organizations are often kind of re-examining strategies, going through strategic planning. Sometimes that means closing a grant portfolio or a grant focus. This is very, this can be very stressful for organizations. So giving them the, the on-ramp of time to plan if there are decisions that will affect their funding, or if you're unsure about it, just like giving them a signal in a way to let them know um, that you're thinking about them. Because again, this is really about building a, a, a relationship where there's honesty. And that way you kind of set the, the grounds for having transparency, having a mutually kind of accountable and transparent relationship. Some other kind of bigger ways that you can embrace transparency is acknowledging the source of wealth behind your grant making. You know, this is something that that is not very common in our sector. But in doing so, we demystify this like, you know, this this 700 pound gorilla in the room and acknowledge where the source of wealth comes from. And that helps actually, again, model a sense of transparency. And this may not always be easy. You know, if you're representing a family foundation, there might be a history of extraction behind the source of wealth. There might be some a harder um, a legacy of slavery connected to some wealth. But naming that and being intentional about it goes a long way in expressing a sense of vulnerability and openness and again, kind of demystifying the money. And at the end of the day, you know, if you're representing a grant-making foundation, this is money that is that has been earmarked for the community. So it is ultimately the community's money. So the community deserves to know the source of wealth. So I know this is, might be a harder one to acknowledge, but it can go a long way in, again, expressing vulnerability and extending uh, a sense of trust and openness with your partners. Also, you know, you look at just the, the big moves toward embracing racial equity and DEI in a lot of organizations, which is admirable. But oftentimes these DEI journeys can also seem pretty opaque to the community, to grantee partners. So communicating about that journey, what you have learned, what missteps have been taken in the past, how you're progressing along that journey, again, goes a long way in modeling a sense of accountability so that we can establish a, a sense of accountability going both ways between grantee partners uh, and funders. And then similarly, you know, we're all human. And, you know, oftentimes it's it, it can really just the vulnerability of ex admitting your organizations or your personal mistakes and failures in the past and how you've learned from them can also go a long way in setting some context in allowing partners to feel safe and comfortable sharing their own learnings and mistakes in the past. So again, this is ultimately about taking on a more human and intentional kind of open relationship with partners um, and really seeing one another as, as, as partners on a learning journey. And again, the, the key here is to recognize that the, because of this power imbalance that exists, these are some ways of alleviating that so that we can establish a sense of trust with our partners. They feel open and sharing about what they're experiencing and seeing and learning. And it actually allows for more productive relationships, allows for more holistic information about the organizations and the communities that you're funding in. So there's just a lot that this can just open up and, and a lot of possibility that it can create. Um, and ultimately this is allowing us to be better grant makers. So that was a very quick overview.
But I'd love to just introduce our panelists. We're going to take these slides off and we'll, we'll get to see our panelists here. And we're going to hear from everyone about how they are thinking intentionally about modeling a sense of transparency in their work. So we've got Lauren, uh, Lauren Scott from the Kempner Fund, uh, Drexel Owusu from the Dallas Foundation, and Lisa Maloney-Vince from the Ecolab Foundation. And I hope you can all see them. Welcome, everyone. So, Lauren, I wanted to start with you. Uh, you know, as a former social worker turned Family Foundation executive, you have really thought very intentionally about the role of transparency and have worked with your board and with your team to embrace more transparency intentionally in your grant making. So can you first just set us some context for us? Why is transparency something that you think is important for funders to embrace? And what are some of the benefits that you've seen as a result of your approach to transparency? Hi, everyone, and thanks for having us all and Blackbaud for hosting this conversation. Um, I think our board has engaged in trust-based practices probably since inception. It's a 75-year-old family foundation. However, um, I guess in 2020, uh, the board voted to formally adopt trust-based philanthropy as the way it goes about doing its work. So that really set the stage for myself. And when we say team, we're a Leanly Staff Foundation. So there's myself and my colleague, Vivian Victoria, uh, who's my partner in this work. And what we found is transparency has been one of our most important tools. It has allowed us to, us as staff, but also kind of us as a foundation to center the mission and the leaders and the people who are doing the work that the grant making supports. Um, so the primary benefit of actively and intentionally engaging in transparency is, is centering that and those kind of questions and that discovery. It also is a great tool in addressing the power imbalance, particularly as uh, representing a family foundation. It's also place-based, meaning we primarily grant make in one community. Um, and it's a smaller community, so there's all kinds of relationships and dual roles happening. So by being transparent, uh, actively in our own communications and in our accessibility with grant seekers and grantee partners, we're able to kind of to address that head on and answer questions or even put forth information without without being asked. And I think one of the big benefits we're seeing is the ability to bring community leader insights, needs, and expertise and feedback to the board. So to our board. So it's not just, you know, a staff being able to present best practices and data. It's also saying here are the insights from the grantees and centering them as experts of the work. Because I think so often what ends up happening is that expertise gets lost and, or it's not viewed as expertise. And I think it's really important that we center it that way. And um, so that that informs our work as a foundation and how we can serve and show up better and more effectively as foundation partners in the work that supports a healthier community that we share. Mm. Thank you so much, Lauren. That's a great context. And so I think you're already hearing some examples of some of these benefits. It allows for funders to really gain really critical insights from the community. And as a place-based funder, you know, you play, you spend a lot of time kind of having a presence, building relationships in the community, and it allows for really also strengthening your, repu your reputation in the community. 
Um, so I want to move on next to Drexel Owusu, Chief Impact Officer at Dallas Foundation, also a place-based foundation, a community foundation. And for those of you who are on the call today um, representing community foundations, you know how important it is to build that sense of trust in the community. You play a key role as a convener, as a broker of relationships for those who hold donor advised funds. So there's a lot of really kind of critical kind of community based kind of a role that community foundations play. And so Drex, I want to come to you, you know, you're relatively new to philanthropy, but for you, when you stepped into your role as chief impact officer at Dallas Foundation, it was a, it was common sense to you to embrace this transparency and you made it a priority in how you do your work as a community foundation. Can you share with us more about why you were kind of really moved to prioritize this and what are the benefits that, that you have seen? as a funder? Sure, well, first off, uh, thanks for the quick, great question, Shadi, uh, and uh, thank you to the BlackBot team for putting on an important discussion around this concept of transparency. Um, you know, at the Dallas Foundation, uh, as you mentioned, I'm relatively new to the world of philanthropy as a whole, um, but at, at TDF, we've been very sort of focused on, or at least I've been very focused on, trying to get back to the original mission through which or for which community foundations exist, which is, uh, you know, really to support donors in, in making informed communal benefits. And uh, it, it's sort of been a thing that I've been really anchoring and, and, and thinking about uh, in my roughly year here, um, is is how are we making informed communal benefit decisions? And oftentimes, uh, philanthropy, uh, and in particular us as funders, we have really high walls to understanding what we do and how we do it. And it's oftentimes mythologized or mysticized uh, in, in ways that I actually think are super counterproductive. And so uh, one of the things that I was really committed to was thinking about how do we sort of cut through that? And, and, and in what ways can we get to the ultimate goal and mission of supporting informed communal benefit, whether that's through our board-directed giving or through our donors giving uh, or through any of the other organizations we might support in myriad ways. And so uh, we, we've really tried to, to, to own uh, that we have to be proactive in that effort. I will say I, this is, I, I, won't, I don't mean it as a bomb drop, but uh, you know, that I think uh, oftentimes philanthropy can be reactive uh, as opposed to proactive. And I think we wanna make sure at TDF anyway, that we're being incredibly proactive about our outreach, our ability and invitation to others to participate in this work because we are trying to build an inclusive community. That is the outcome and goal and entire reason for our existence. And so uh, we've been very focused on that. Um, uh, we've tried to uh, explicitly reach out to uh, grantees that we've never funded. Um, we've tried to get rid of some of our, our barriers. We had a policy as an example around if you received the grant from the Dallas Foundation, you were ineligible for any other funding for three years. Well, that doesn't really make a ton of sense, right? And as a newbie to the space, I get to ask all the dumb questions uh, and, and and challenge all the you know sort of existing thinking around, you know, why is it that we do things this way? And that was one that we just couldn't continue to substantiate or provide, and so uh, we threw it out. 
Um, you know, we've tried really, you know, to be really hard, hard and thoughtful and, 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 and harsh on ourselves in order to try to better our mission and improve our ability to achieve that. And I'll say just to the benefits conversation, you know, one of the single largest things that we've seen is a material increase in the number of applications that we now get um, for all sorts of various grant cycles. Um, and uh, I, I think that's an indication of the fact that the community was looking for, hoping for, waiting for us to invite them in uh, rather than for us to sort of hope they figured out how to get to us. So uh, that's that's the thing I, I'll, I'll continue to sort of beat the drum on is um, we aren't going to change the world if we keep doing things the way we've always done them. Thank you. That is so that is so insightful. I think especially this point about philanthropy has traditionally been reactive rather than proactive. And if we want to really be strategic in supporting our communities and addressing the deeply embedded social challenges of our communities, it does require us to be proactive. And as funders, you are in a power seat. You are you have a lot of power and resources in order to do that. And this is also a way of being ethical, strategic, and responsive with your support. And transparency, again, as Drexel is really illuminating, allows for really just like a more uh, an open relationship with the community. You're receiving more inquiries from relevant and, and eligible organizations. So again, that allows you to be a better funder. Thank you so much for those insights. Um, we're going to hear more from Drex in a moment, but I want to bring up uh, Lisa from the Ecolab Foundation. And Lisa, you know, a lot of corporate funders are thinking about transparency, not just with customers, but also in the communities that you serve or communities that you operate in. And how can you share with us, why do you think corporate funders should think about transparency with their grantee partners? Um, and especially as they think about not just grant making, but also corporate social responsibility. How do you see those two things going hand in hand? Yeah, thanks, Shadi. Thanks for the question. And thanks again to Blackbot and all of you for joining us today, and certainly to Drexel and Lauren. I've already learned a ton from just what you've shared already. So yeah, from the corporate perspective, I mean, if you if you look at what you know, the seven ways to embrace transparency in grant making, those probably are not like earth shattering but I think very important. And certainly from the corporate side, um, and I can speak on behalf of, of Ecolab only, of course, but I'm sure a lot of our other corporate entities who are, are participating in today and listening in, you know, this is, this is the right thing to do, right? And I think that um, businesses are being asked to, to do that more and more and to show that you're doing the right things, not only by your customers and providing high quality, you know, products and services, but also by being that community partner so at Ecolab, that is, is very important is building that trust all the way around. We call it circle the customer. I call it circle the communities. So that includes the customers. It takes some introspection, you know, pausing corporate, like, well, even all the lives that you lead, whatever kind of foundation it is, very fast paced. So be, so be able to take these really nice nuggets here and just, you know, really map them to what you're doing, what you can do better, I think just continues to build that, um, you know, that reputation of trust and being a very thoughtful, caring corporate partner. So often corporations, you know, get the, the cold shoulder, oh, they're so big, they're ivory tower, we can't, we can't, there's no way we can crack the nut and get them to listen to us. And so I think these are good reminders of simple things we can do that um, you know break can break that stereotype without overburdening, overburdening us. 